0: Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast. Your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. And as we do every single game, we talk about the game with former Iowa running back LaShawn Daniels. Lashawn, my man, uh, it feels good to get a W. How are you doing today on this beautiful Sunday morning?
0: I'm doing great. It's always great to get a get a W. And it's always even better to get it against Minnesota and keep Floyd home. So we're feeling we're feeling pretty good today.
1: I love it, man. Last week we talked about Iowa versus Northwestern. And then towards the end, we I kind of got us a little bit sidetracked. We started talking about Minnesota. And I guess what I did not realize was truly how much. Iowa football players hate Minnesota. Your hatred for Minnesota came out. You, you know, you're a pretty even killed guy, but you could tell you did not like Minnesota. It gave me even more passion going into this game. Um, I'd even told you before we started the show, after the game, I texted everyone I knew from Minnesota <laughs> just saying, uh, expletive your boat and uh, expletive your coach and... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I felt even more invested in after knowing how much you all cared about it. And if you didn't get a chance to check out that episode, you absolutely have to check us out. Every single Sunday, we are recapping every single game. And for those of you who are listening to us, I want to thank you for all making us the first to listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcast at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. We are here every single weekday, Monday through Friday for free. Again, wherever you get podcast at and also on YouTube. All right, LaShawn, first game, starting quarterback uh, Alex Padilla, Spencer Petras out again. Um, We were excited to see what he could do. We saw against Northwestern, uh, he did a good job of sticking in the pocket. Now, going up against Minnesota's pass rush of a significantly better pass rush than what we had against Northwestern. I thought, all things considered, Alex played a pretty good game. There were mistakes. There were two potentially huge interceptions that were dropped. but overall. I was pretty happy with the the first start for him going up against a rival. Um, your first game in Kinnick Stadium as the starter. I mean, what what were your initial thoughts on Alex Bedia's performance?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, he thought he did a really good job. Um, you know, just have to obviously have to get that out there. I think the biggest thing was, you know, he wasn't really playing scared at all. Like literally, like <laughs> like in the first drive, they're already taking shots down the field and just letting him. Uh, you know, just let it rip and you know, get 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 out there and, you know, just let his arm do his thing. And I think that was the biggest thing, um, you know, that we saw um from Alex yesterday was, you know, really he wasn't playing scared. Obviously, you know, mistakes are gonna come, right? I mean, he's it's his first start. Um, and and on top of that, on top of his own mistakes, right, there's also some plays where, you know, receivers weren't helping him out with a few drops um here and there. But you know, all in all, I felt like Alex, you know, made great decisions. Um, the really thing that I love, though, is just, you know, his willingness to take a shot and basically give um, the receivers a chance to go make a play, um, which I think is something that we haven't really done a lot. And, you know, you have those skill guys out there on the outsides, right? You want to, um, you know, utilize their skills as much as possible. And I think Alex was trying to do that. And obviously it's going to come, it's, there's going to be more consistency, consistency that will come, um, you know, from it. But Yeah, because we obviously didn't have as much success, you know, throwing down the field necessarily as the amount of shots that we took. But what I did love was that he was giving his receivers a chance out there, and I think that was really the biggest thing that I saw from Alex.
1: Couldn't agree more. You mentioned drops. There were three officially recorded drops. uh, Felt like more than that. He also threw the ball away four times, but that was good. But overall, (laughs) taking several shots deep, couldn't agree more. I mean, um, it felt like every time they got a decent chance, he would just sit in the pocket and just waiting just for the guy to get open. And, and yeah, it was nice to see. And every time I felt like we had a chance. I, obviously, when you're watching it on TV, you don't know who he's throwing the ball to or where they are at. But um, there was a sense of excitement, at least for me and the, the people I was watching with. Whenever he sat back and just reared up to throw the ball, I was like, who's open? Where's Keegan at? Where's Charlie at? Is someone to? I mean, so that, that kind of excitement I haven't felt in, in quite some time, coming from a fan perspective, have not felt that kind of excitement um, from the passing attack. I also wanted to call out, you know, we had talked about this. We we love mobile quarterbacks, right? And, and nothing against Spencer, um, but mobile quarterbacks do allow you to do some different things. It also allows you to uh, help out your offensive line. And I wanted to specifically call that out because Minnesota's pass rush is a very strong pass rush. They've done a very good job throughout the season. They have two fantastic defensive ends, and we were missing our starting left tackle. This was only the third game since the start of 2020, where Iowa has not allowed a single sack. And I would argue that if it was not Alex Padilla in there at quarterback, there would have been at least three sacks, maybe four or five, where Alex was able to get out of the pocket, throw it away. I mean, again, four throwaways because he's able to get out of the pocket. He's able to make plays with his feet. Um, Sometimes when he threw the ball when he was running, it wasn't always the prettiest ball, but he either got to the right spot or he got the heck out of, a dangerous that was also really impressive for me as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. He was doing a great job using his, using his legs without really using his legs. Right. He wasn't taking off and running like he's Lamar Jackson, right. He is just kind of <laughs> <laughs> sliding through the pocket, um, you know, finding open space. And, you know, if he had an opportunity to get the ball down the field, right. He was going to take it, but he also knew that again, the ball, ball security is very important, especially in a game like that. So, you know, be smart, throw the football away, um, and not take a sack and then you know live to play another down, which I thought again, that's another thing that Alex is doing a great job of. And yeah, I mean, it's really just because, you know, he's a mobile guy, right? He, he he's it's different, you know, having him back there than having Spencer back there, right? Because again, Spencer is not a guy who's gonna be running all that much, right? He's gonna use his arm and let his arm talent um, you know, really take the cake. But Alex you know, was able to use his legs, use his mobility more, slide around the pocket, which was huge in helping the offensive line. And it's something that we've mentioned really before. And it's, you know, obviously good, great to be able to see that, um, you know, come true on Saturday. So,
1: Yeah, I also want to mention because I I have been, you know, I've been talking about Spencer for two years. Um, There are times where I've been critical. There are times where I've been trying to be empathetic and understanding of the situation. I did want to call out a couple things because I feel like, um, if people heard me talk about Spencer last year, I might not be hard enough on the two throws that Alex Badia had that really should have been picked off. Um, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it, that we took a lot of shots. And for me, I will take the good with the bad. But when we're playing ultra conservative and we're not taking any shots, we're not taking any shots past 10 yards. I will not live with those interceptions. That I, I do not do well when we have turnover. We make turnovers or throw away or throw interceptions when we're also not taking any shots to improve the offensive production. Now that being said, when we are taking those shots, when we are getting points in the board, when we are taking a seventy-two yard pass to Charlie Jones or throwing it up to Keegan Johnson a couple times, I'm willing to have a few more mistakes because we are having a little bit more wiggle room in that regard. And I wanted to bring up two quarterbacks that people very commonly love to talk about as some of the greatest quarterbacks in the Kirk Ferentz era, Ricky Stanzi and the year he led them to the orange bowl. I think this is really important to know people forget about this. 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, several of those were pick sixes. Uh, if we're being completely honest, I mean, he put <laughs> Iowa in some binds there. Uh, Drew Tate for his career started three years, really 34 interceptions. That almost comes out to an interception per game. Most people look at Drew Tate and say, that guy was a gunslinger. That guy led this Iowa offense. Again, I want to go back to that and say, I think when you have a guy like Alex Padilla, you're willing to have a few more mistakes, especially in, in those mistakes he made. Those are, those are things that weren't necessarily him being risky or a gunslinger. Those were just bad throws. But again, you're willing to have some of those mistakes when you have a guy who's also able to put your offense in, in a good spot. And uh, one of the interesting things, time of possession. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it felt like Iowa was always on defense. Part of that was Minnesota just dominating us in the rushing attack. Part of it, though, was our offense being explosive. I mean, that's <laughs> – I, I haven't said that in a while. So, anyways, any thoughts on all that before we go into our first break? Uh,
0: no, I mean, I thought the offense um, did good with the opportunities that they had, right? I mean, there's a couple drives here and there where I was just like, eh. But, <laughs> but you know, obviously the two big plays that stand out was – the 72 yarder to Charlie, right. Where Charlie runs the double move out and up um, basically makes the defender look silly. Alex puts it right on the money, right. Easy touchdown. And then obviously Keegan Johnson, just creating something out of nothing, just creating an explosive. Um, which again, that stuff's rare. I mean, it's, it feel like, feel like we haven't really had, you know, explosive plays too often outside of the, Really, in in the pass game at all, right? A lot of times they'll come in the run game, and you know we'll create an explosive. But I feel like it really comes from the passing game. So it was really, really encouraging to see. So
1: absolutely, I want to talk a little bit more about Keegan. I also want to talk about you. You mentioned the explosive passing game. I thought Tyler Goodson had some really nice runs early on in the game, and I wanted to get your feel for kind of what happened to, happened to our rushing attack. I felt like it kind of. The bottom dropped off towards the end. Uh, we're gonna talk about all that though, coming up in a few short moments. I do want to remind you all about prize picks. If you're a college football fanatic like me, you have to check out prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players, the power five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. And they offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x your entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. So if you're looking at this Iowa-Minnesota game, if you would have had Charlie Jones on the over on receiving yards, had Alex Padilla over on the rushing touchdowns, and – Whoever that tight end was from Minnesota, who has the weirdest rat tail I've ever seen on the back of his head, scoring a touchdown, you probably could have won some money yesterday by going to PrizePicks.com. It's safe, and they offer fast withdrawals and entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, so don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. That's how you can make sure you get every single post game recap episode with me and LaShawn. LaShawn, uh, we talked a little bit about Keegan. Uh, I put this tweet out. I just, I was really excited. I think I was a little bit overzealous here. But is Keegan Johnson the best? yak receiver iowa has had in the kirk fairness here i mean i know i'm being a little bit biased here because i'm seeing what he's doing in the field but uh every time he touches the ball it's like he could take it in for a touchdown I, amir was good the ball in his hands uh we, you know djk I, mm-hmm. uh, I mean those are good guys uh kevin Ka- i mean there's a lot of, we've had some good wide receivers marvin Nutt, uh, I'm just starting to list off random receivers now that are very good in Iowa's <laughs> history. But Keegan Johnson's a freshman. And mm-hmm. what the, I mean, I just – every time he touches the ball, I just, like, get real excited. Like, oh, my gosh, something could happen. I mean, that play was dead in the water. He shouldn't have gotten a touchdown there. And not only to evade evade both tacklers and have the body control to stay up, but then the the mind to turn around and just – Go up and sprint. I mean, that was just, oh, my gosh, one of the most amazing plays I've seen in quite some time.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's you know, as a freshman, I mean, really as a receiver in general, I think he's yeah. doing one of the better, um, you know, after-catch receivers I think we've had in the really, I feel like, in a long time. Obviously, Amir did a great job with the ball in his hands, um, you know, after he got it. Um, you know, obviously, DJK, again, yeah, and before I was really an Iowa fan, I always knew about DJK because, grant he's from Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. yep, so um, guys that you know when the ball was in their hands, right, they're able to create explosive plays, and I feel like Keegan's kind of putting himself in that same category, but doing it as a freshman, right? It's really impressive because, again, you can get, like, we can get anybody um, from anywhere, right, and, you know, tell them, go run this route and go catch this ball, right, and, you know, leave it at that, um, but you know, what really makes guys special is what they do after they catch the football, right? And that's really what, you know, separates, you know, um a good receiver from a great receiver. And I feel like Keegan, it's really impressive that he's doing this, you know, as a freshman and as a young guy. Cause I mean, it's it's already hard enough to make an impact. And when you're um, you know, as a young guy, just in general, when you're doing it um, you know, on the big stage in big ten football games creating explosive plays and turning them into touchdowns really, truly, truly a game changer and really just shows um, obviously the type of work ethic that he's put in and type of talent that he's had to this point. And, you know, it's really encouraging to see, and, you know, I'm excited to see, continue to see his development, you know, as a football player, you know, over these last few weeks. And then, you know, as his career um, carries on.
1: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think, Uh, It'd be wrong of us to not mention the fact that he did have two drops. I mean, he is a young guy. He -hmm. is improving, but you know what? I'll take, again, we talked about it. I'll take some mistakes when you're also putting points on the board like he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two drops uh, definitely should have caught both those balls. Um, but you can tell the connection between him and Alex Badia and that Alex does trust him. Um, and I think we're going to see Keegan continue to grow if we see Alex continue to be in that starting lineup. Uh, so we're really excited to see how Keegan continues to develop. Arlen Bruce um, was actually second, I believe, on the team in snaps at a wider at the wider receiver position. Um, he did have one target uh, late in the game, uh, not the best delivered pass. And uh, bounced off the Minnesota defender, but could have been an awesome play. I think where I was at right now, I mean, we have a redshirt sophomore quarterback who doesn't seem to – the pressure is not too much for him. We have two true freshman wide receivers who led the team in snaps this past game. And we have Tyler Goodson, who – I want to get your thoughts on this. I think he might be coming back next year. I mean, I don't I don't know how you look at this season and say – Am I, am I going to the NFL? Um, the, the future is bright in Iowa City is what I got to say. Um, and the fact that we are already at eight wins, I think a lot of Iowa fans would have went into the season saying, you know what? I'm good with eight and four. Nine and three would have been great. I think I actually predicted Iowa nine and three or ten and two. Um, and the fact that we still have that on the table with Illinois and Nebraska coming up. I mean, that's um, Iowa's in a good spot. I went a little bit off the rails there. Just wanted to get that point out there. Um, Tyler Goodson, though. let I'll try to get us back in there. Tyler Goodson, <laughs> um, I felt like early in the game there were some really big rushing lanes, and then it kind of dried up a little bit. Want to get your thoughts on Tyler Goodson and the rushing attack for Iowa.
0: Yeah. Um, and I really think a lot of it's been it's been an issue all year. I think um we get into trouble a lot when we start running, you know, outside zone or slant plays and They feel like it's really apparent um, every single time, you know, we go and run the football, whether they're whether they are um, whether it's coming from an audible or it's coming from, you know, from the huddle and we're running it. Um, It seems like whenever we're running those plays, like there's no movement whatsoever. Guys are in the backfield basically by the time, you know, the backs get the football and we're not creating any, um, you know, positive plays from that. I feel like a lot of our positive runs early on came from inside uh, zone type plays, where, you know, the guys, first off, they don't have to hold the blocks as long. Right. And, you know, you're able to just get downhill pretty quickly, um, make one quick read, make one cut and, you know, get explosive uh, yardage from that. And I felt like that's what we were doing early on. And I felt like, I don't know what changed. Maybe they made some adjustments again. I don't know. I was on the sideline. I wasn't in the locker room during halftime. Um, and maybe they made some adjustments, uh, to the inside zones plays and maybe the looks weren't there, but, you know, I feel like whenever we go to any slant plays, any outside zone plays, I feel like we haven't had very much success on it at all. Besides the very first touchdown of the year against Indiana, where, you know, we just jogged around the edge. So, you know, obviously like a lot of that comes from, uh, you know, the offensive line again, being young and, you know, having guys who haven't played a lot of football in there, um, and then, you know, just a lot of it, obviously you got to give the defensive defenses credit for obviously knowing what we're going to do, right? I mean, <laughs> it's been the same stuff, um, you know, for over 20 years now at this point. Uh, so, um, you know, that that's really kind of my take on the running game. I feel like Tyler, again, he's doing, I feel like there's times where obviously he's doing a great job reading it and doing a great job putting his foot in the ground and, uh, you know, lowering those shoulders. And then there's obviously other times where, you know, he's dancing around and that's just part of, because again, there's guys in the backfield, he's trying to make a play. Um, But, and again, you know, sometimes you just got to take it with what defense gives you and just, Hey, maybe you just stick your head in there and you, maybe you, you don't get a gain of any yardage and um, you know, you at least get back to the line of scrimmage instead of taking a four yard loss. But a lot of it, again, I think we're just not very good on outside zones and slant plays right now. Um, you know, especially with the offensive line group that we're, that's in there. So I feel like, you know, we just gotta we really should kind of move away from that, at least, you know, maybe for these last two weeks, trying to stick to inside zones, maybe stick to power plays, um, and gap schemes, things that, you know, doesn't put our offensive line in the spot where they have to hold the blocks as long. So
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's calling plays that fit well with your current position I mean your current players I mean it's, it's being smart about what players you have on the field and what they're capable of doing um when you start mentioning, like I started going back I'm like that is what I mean every time the Tiger gets had a hole he was running he was running right up behind on the left side or the right side of Linderbaum either behind Kyler shot or Connor Colby whatever we tried going outside it didn't work and it hasn't worked and I realized that that is a staple of the Iowa offense but sometimes things aren't going to work and you need to move away from. Just like. Iowa didn't really do a lot of bootlegs or any sort of real play-action rollouts with Spencer Petras because that is not his skill set. A similar concept here. Need to put your players in the best position to make the best plays. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely appreciate that insight there. I want to talk a little bit about Minnesota's rushing attack and how they just obliterated Phil Parker's defense. Thankfully, our Ben not break defense held on and saved for a ridiculous – that touchdown just pisses me off. Uh, a ridiculous <laughs> touchdown pass. Um, Minnesota didn't really have, a, a, didn't put a ton of points on the board. And Iowa did do a good job of ultimately buckling down. So we want to talk about that. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind you all the Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, I want you to ask yourself, why not? Is it the taste? Because the taste is phenomenal. Is it the health benefits? <laughs> Those are great, too. Low carb, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. And low calories. Is it the price? Well, we got an awesome discount code for you as well. It's LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. So, why are you not trying a built bar? If you haven't, you got to get your hands on it. It's not chalky, it's not waxy, it's not hard to choke down. It's soft, it's covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's not just an experience that you'll enjoy. You'll love it and you will swear by it. It is like eating a candy bar every single time. And you're also getting all those health benefits as well. And right now, you got to check out their website because if you have bought a built bar before, definitely check out their website because they have new flavors coming out every three to four days. So go to built.com. That's B U I L T.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, LaShawn. So, Minnesota's rushing attack. Uh, just school me on what the heck they were doing and how we could not stop it. A missed tackles were, were definitely an issue. We had 10 officially recorded missed tackles, but it felt like every single play, we did have a guy in the backfield, and they just couldn't bring down Minnesota's fifth and sixth three running backs at this point, which is just ridiculous to even think about. Um, but can you kind of walk through what Minnesota was doing from a rushing attack perspective and, and how we were not defending it well?
0: Um, I think a a big thing of it ended up just being, you know, first off, obviously give Minnesota plenty of credit. Um, you know, their offensive line was doing a great job. The running backs, again, breaking tackles, doing, you know, what, doing good things that running backs are supposed to do. Right. Um, you know, never let the first guy bring you down, you know, get positive yards, yada, yada, yada. Right. And, um, a lot of that, a lot of their positive, um, plays them coming from that. and you know obviously coupled that with poor tackling, you know from the defensive end, which is something that we hit on last week, and it's really continued on for this week. But also, I think a lot of it was just you know Minnesota getting numbers in the running game. I mean, um you know a, a lot of the times you know to have success in the running game, it's really just out leveraging you know your opponent and um, you know winning that numbers game and you know having more positive numbers on your side than they do on theirs. And, you know, that can happen more, even more so is when, you know, you have, say you have even numbers on both sides and then you have the defense on the other side um, and they start running around blocks and not taking on blocks and not, um, you know, holding their right gaps. So then, uh, you know, the person at the the next gap over can come in and make the tackle that just frankly just wasn't happening yesterday. Um really pretty much pretty much all game and you know when it when they did have it happen right then they were breaking tackles so it was like um we're, it looked like that minnesota was like hey we're just gonna go with what we got we know that we can we have this you know offensive line i think they had the most starts their offense yeah. has the most it's starts like in over 200 football. and yeah, also they're
1: which, like they're freaking behemoths they're like 330 yeah. pounds across the board
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly exactly so obviously it's an experienced group. And offensive lines are like, hey, this is what we do best. So let's go ahead and let's just let's just run the football. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're getting numbers. They're creating movement on the defensive line, moving the line of scrimmage, linebackers running around blocks. Um, and then, you know, safeties and uh the other DBs, you know, not filling um the right alleys and spots. So I mean that you combine all that together, right? And then that's what's gonna give you uh, you know, poor rushing defense and allow Minnesota to really rush for Really over 200 yards. You take out the sacks. Really rush over 200 yards. You know on the Iowa defense. So
1: yeah, it's tough. And they were doing that all out of 11 personnel. I mean they they were mm-hmm. they were putting three wide receivers on the field. Which for those of you out there, 11 personnel is one tight end, one running back. What it does to our defense is it typically means we're putting our defense in a 4-2-5 where we do have that cast position. Mm-hmm. Um, you and what we saw from this, people were like, why why can't we stop this this rushing attack? I was a I was annoyed. I was pissed off because. You know, at the, the beginning, they were running around us. Then we started kind of over pursuing, and they started cutting back, and still getting eight to nine yards. Um, the offensive line was getting five yards of push almost every single time, regardless. So the running back wasn't even getting touched until he got five yards down the field. But then Minnesota very well timed play call, pump fakes on Matt Hankins, Chris Ottman Bell, seventy yards for a touchdown. Uh, part of that when we're when we're in a four two five, we're trying to stop a rushing attack. We're trying to load the box. We're trying to have guys committed to the run. You're literally, as a defensive back, you're trying to watch the running. You know, you have to get off that block and get to the running back as quickly as you can. And it looked like Matt Hankins fell for the double move. They haven't done that at all. Uh, he's in man coverage. Maybe thought he had safety help over top. Maybe not. Uh, no safety was there. So someone, either Matt Hankins shouldn't have been burnt or the safety should have been there. But that's what happens when you run that ball so well and you try to make adjustments, it does leave your defensive backs a little bit vulnerable in coverage, and that's where Chris Aubamell has a huge touchdown uh, reception. So that was definitely unfortunate. Uh, Tackling-wise, we got to get better. We mentioned this against Northwestern. It's a thing against Minnesota. Illinois is going to do the same thing. Illinois, if they have their way with us, their goal is to run it just as many times as Minnesota. If they could run the ball every single play, they would. So we have to get better in that, that aspect of the game going into the Illinois game.
0: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt there. I mean, obviously, again, you know, Minnesota, uh, you know, exploited Iowa's defense, right? Getting some guys out of the box, right? Knowing that our defensive line isn't as strong as it's been in previous years, right? You know, spread us out and, you know, force guys to beat box blocks and make tackles. And frankly, we just haven't been able to do that Um, this week. We weren't able to do it last week um and it's kind of been it's been an issue i feel like for a big part of the year um i guess at this point because i mean you know when we weren't uh cuz i know we we've talked about this earlier in the year right where you know where we were playing teams where it might might seem like uh you know they had superstar players guys that were really game changers with the ball in their hands but were still you know creating explosive plays right but we just happen to be creating a lot of turnovers mm-hmm. we haven't been creating a lot of turnovers lately and so then, you know, it makes it an issue because now offenses can just continue to run their normal offense. They're not forced to put the ball in the air now. And, you know, now we just get gashed because we can't, we're not playing the blocks correctly. We're not making the tackles like we should be. And yeah, it's been it's been an ongoing issue, right? And as you mentioned, right, they got Illinois, has Brep over there, and obviously he's gonna run the football. As many times as he can, yeah. especially knowing now obviously he's an Iowa guy with the Iowa tattoo on his calf, so it's 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 what it's what they're gonna do. We're gonna see it. We're gonna continue to see it. We're gonna see it in Illinois. We're gonna see it in Nebraska. So like we gotta figure it out. Obviously, there's only two more uh, guaranteed games that we have left, right? Um, and we gotta make changes as far as tackling goes.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting as you're kind of talking about that. I started thinking to our first six games. We are playing teams that are predominantly pass first teams, which does give us an advantage because we are we have a very good secondary. We can sit back there. We want people to throw the ball against us because we have such a good secondary because we don't allow those explosive plays. And after that safe game, Mark, we started facing teams outside of Purdue, which I don't want to get into that game any more than just mentioning them right now. We are going up against teams that predominantly run the ball. That's all they do. Wisconsin would prefer to never throw the ball again with Graham Mertz. Uh, you know, Northwestern did not have, does not have a good passing attack. Their, their main staple on offense usually, and this year is the rushing attack with Evan Holt. Obviously this game, Minnesota, that's all they like to do is running the ball. Illinois, they are, they are a poor man's version of Minnesota. Honestly, at this point, they, they like to run the ball. They want to play sound defense. They have big guys up front. They have a very solid offensive line and Nebraska for as much as I love making fun of Nebraska that's a dang good three-win team over in, Omaha, or in, uh, in lincoln and they mm-hmm. love to run the ball as well so it'll be really interesting to see how i would adjust because it isn't getting easier by any means we are going up against mm-hmm. the same type of defenses or the same type of offenses but it also makes it difficult for us to force turnovers because mm-hmm. the ball isn't being thrown up as much we don't have our secondary out there so it, we're kind of getting banged in two ways our defensive line is weaker than it has been in past years And we're going up against teams who aren't putting the ball in the air, giving us an opportunity to force those big turnovers. So um, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out over the next two weeks. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about play calling. Um, I felt like Iowa did a good job um, for the most part. I thought thought the play calling was aggressive. I thought offensively, we did a lot of great things. Um, Again, the fact that we had only 19 minutes of of time on offense and, and put up 27 points. I love it. I'll take it any day. However, uh very interesting decisions late in the game we go for it on fourth down in our own territory i honestly thought i was like are we actually doing this we're clearly <laughs> gonna try to just draw them off sides and call a timeout um and then we went for it but then we get the ball at the three yard line and we basically take two knees and uh, the the quote that came out was that we wanted to force them to take their timeouts and we felt like there were really two options we could run the time down kick a field goal make them score one touchdown or we could have scored to make them score twice. I I realize that in in Kirk's mind that that seems like the the equal thing to do there, but um, what <laughs> like I I personally I'm like I would much rather make them score twice against our defense than score once. Uh, but wanted to get your thoughts on all that play calling late in the fourth yeah. quarter.
0: Um, well, first off, that going for inside their own territory at the fourth and inches. First off, love the call. I was all for it. I was like, you better go for this because like we're gonna get this, right? Um, like that I was cool with. All right. Then yeah, we get the ball at the three yard line. And like I understand <laughs> it, right? I under I understand it, but I definitely don't condone the decisions whatsoever, <laughs> right? Because I mean, like, I mean, like I feel like like I can I, I kind of like I understood, like, right, the defense are struggling, you know, we couldn't really um, like obviously like we were preventing them from getting the end zone a good amount of times. Um, and, you know, Kirk probably didn't want to put the defense, you know, out there, you know, longer than what they need to be. Right. And give Minnesota any advantages whatsoever. Right. You know, they would have had time, say we score on that first play, right. They would have had timeouts um, and time on their side. But I mean, at least we would have been up two scores. Right. I think, um, you know, we, we I want to rewind a little bit, right. We come back, like last time where a game was really, you know, close like this. And it was a very similar situation, right? When we played them in 2015, right? And, you know, we had the ball, we were running out the clock, right? I don't think they had any timeouts, right? And we score with uh, two minutes left in the ball game, right? And then, you know, they go right down the field in like a minute, score a touchdown. And next thing you know, right, they have an onside kick opportunity um, to, you know, win the ball game. And I think that's kind of what might have been in their mind at the time. Um, you know, as far as decision making, right. You don't want to have, you know, that type of situation come up again. But I mean, we're right there. It's three you You're on the three yard line, right? The, the offense hasn't shown, you know, as far as in the passing game, if, 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 if it's not, you know, almost like a trick play in a sense, right. You know, they, 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 so you're expecting a run play on the fourth and inches, right. And you throw up a little pop pass and then you get it. Hankins on a double move, right. They're not going to be able to do that in a two minute situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I didn't, I'm not a fan of the QB sneaks at all, right? I'd much rather us just, hey, you can still force these guys to use the timeouts by still running our offense, right? You know, not putting the ball in the air, right? Telling the guys don't run out of bounds, um, anything like that, right? But I feel like you just, you got to go out there. You got to try to score, man. I mean, you got to try to score. I mean, at least you're up two scores at that point, right? Um, and forces Minnesota to drive all the way down the field again, Um, right. Um, and really have to do that twice. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I wouldn't, again, again, I'm not being paid millions of dollars to make these decisions, but I wouldn't do that. I would just say like, Hey guys, let's go win this football game. Let's just pound it, um, down the throats, just run our offense, right. And try to get in the end zone. And, you know, if they have timeouts, right, they just have them, right, our defense has to step up and make a plays, right, because they're still going to have to – they still have to step up and make plays anyway. So, like, you know, I didn't really – I didn't really get it. So I
1: I feel like we've had this conversation like three times in the last couple weeks uh, regarding decision-making late in the fourth quarter, and I was like, I was ready for this because, like, this is exactly – like, you didn't like this last week. Like, there's no way you're going to like it this week. Um I would agree i would agree i just i don't understand why we don't try to do something a little bit different you know what i'm even okay i think i would have been more okay if we did the two qb sneaks to wear the clock down and then on third down where everyone and their brother knew where we were going to run the ball just play action like just do a rollout Mm -hmm. with with alex badia and worst case scenario fall down Mm -hmm. like just fall Mm -hmm. down i mean if you don't have anything, if a defensive end closes, if they, we don't get them out, just fall down. Caleb Shudok, he can kick it from eight yards out. I mean, like <laughs> a field goal is no different. I mean, he already kicked a 50 uh, the 50 yard earlier. The difference between a, a th- 13 yarder or 20 yarder, I guess I say, and a 25 yarder is not is not making Caleb Shudok shake in his boots. Just maybe give our team a little bit more opportunity there, or maybe do some sort of jet sweep uh, or jet sweep fake. I don't care. Just do something slightly non traditional there. Um, if you if yeah. you wanna if you really want to make them run the clock down, at least try to get the touchdown on that third play. Uh, right. I just
0: I just don't understand yeah. and, that and, then the, and then the third play, we run again, me, I'll talk about this earlier. We run a slant play. We yeah. haven't had a success in the slant play at all. And we just get tackled five yards in the backfield. Like it's like like what was that? Like <sighs> Yeah, they literally could have done they could have done quite literally anything else than <laughs> what they called, right? And I probably would have been okay with it. Yeah, but that sequence of three plays was just no bueno at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was frustrating. And and the good thing is we can laugh about it because we won the game. And yes. um the unfortunately Kirk does learn from from mistakes. He he will often make decisions based off of things that happened 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, about this one time I got burned doing this one thing. Kirk <laughs> is gonna be in the college ball play or the college ball hall of famous someday. He is one of the best coaches in the history of college football. So, you know, he's doing something right.
0: Yeah.
1: And and they've won these games. But I'm really sick of sitting there thinking, oh, God, please don't. Please don't break my heart. Please hold <laughs> up defense. Please stop really? him. Like, please just don't let this happen. We could have just put that game away. So it, it's frustrating to see. Uh, uh, nevertheless, not, not what I would like to see at all. Um, anything else you would like to kind of call out about this game? Anything else that you noticed that you wanted to bring up?
0: Um, I know I want to talk about Matt for a second. I know, um, you know, he <laughs> hasn't had, yeah, he hasn't had the you know, really the past month that he's probably really wanted. You know, I think really, you know, at that Purdue game, like whatever happened to him in that Purdue game, I don't know, like, what's going on there, like, but he just hasn't been the same. I feel like um you know he's losing you know first off a lot of his you know technique and fundamentals I know for a fact right you know on the first touchdown the long touchdown that they had like on the fourth down or whatever yep. you know obviously you got to pay attention to the run but I mean you still have to read your keys and his guy just slipped right right down, past field, him. right down the field first off uh credit to him for still staying with the play and basically stripping him which First off, we got to get pylon cams and all that's that stuff.
1: garbage, right? Yeah,
0: we got to get pylon cams and all that because it was a great play. And unfortunately, um, you know, he he's not going to get the credit for that. But I mean, tremendous effort play. Um, but again, it shouldn't even have been in that position because he should have been right there on that man. Because, again, that's his guy. Right. And then again, on the double move. Right. He's just not really not in his keys, um, you know, kind of getting lazy in the fundamentals a little bit. And you know, again, it created an explosive play that they were able to um, um, score off of. So, like, he's just got to figure it out, do whatever he can, right? Just hone in back on, you know, fundamentals. Just get back to what you're doing, you know, earlier in the season, because obviously you're still a really good player. You can be playing on Sundays, right? So, figuring out, you know, what you got to do to, you know, not have those mistakes that create explosive plays will be will be um, very important. Because I mean, again, like you know, there's still plenty to play for, right? I mean, obviously, you still have an outside chance to the Big Ten championship game, right? And, you know, if you get in that game, you're going to be playing against, you know, an Ohio State team that can basically score 100 points on pretty much any team that they play. So, like, um, fundamentals and all that stuff is going to be very important, right? And even if you don't, right, you're still going to be playing a really good team in a bowl game. So, um, you know, obviously, he's a good player. um, That's just kind of going through some things right now that. I think he wants to – that we want to see him, you know, get better at and get back to the play that he was earlier in the year. And then, obviously, in the run game and Tyler, I think Tyler probably isn't having, you know, the rushing type season that he's probably hoping for this year. And granted, a lot of it's coming from the offensive line and, you know, just the offense just not having success in general. Um, and, you know, I know that you mentioned earlier you have a feeling that he'll probably come back, and I kind of agree with you. Um Granted, there's probably not much more right NFL teams need to see from him. Yeah. But I think, you know, we probably want to come back to at least, you know, come back with a better season and leave on a leave on the right note. But that's really kind of where I'm at. I feel like with the team right now, I mean, I feel like we're doing obviously good things on offense, which I'm loving to see. The defense, again, has to get that swag back um, because I feel like we were just really beat down after that Purdue game. And I don't know why, but I feel like it's just still lingering, you know, all around. But you know, that's really kind of where I'm at right now.
1: Yeah. It didn't feel like, it felt like late in the game, Iowa's defense started to get a little bit of their swagger back and we were starting to make some plays in the backfield. We're starting Mm -hmm. to get excited. It felt like it wasn't until late in the third quarter where our defense is like, yeah, we can play confidently now. I I mean, it just, it, yeah, you're right. It just doesn't seem like we're really doing, we're not playing the way we have played the first Mm -hmm. six games of the season. Um, It'll be interesting to see how we come out against illinois in that regard the one good thing i have to say matt, matt Hagen is definitely up that was a struggle but um you i i'm so i played baseball growing up mm-hmm. and i remember one or two times where a ball would go between i played outfield a ball mm-hmm. would go between my legs I, you know it's a lot of people in the stands a lot of my uh, peers in high school went up and the worst thing you can do is jog back for that ball you have to get rid of your humiliation that you feel instantaneously Mm -hmm. and just sprint as hard as you can get that ball and not make a bad play Matt Hankins burned and just takes Mm -hmm. off sprinting. I mean, that, that, that is, uh, that's a testament to the character and the work ethic and the fact that he, he does care and he wants to be there. And yes, it was a mental mistake, but he did everything he possibly could to make up for it. And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, the play stands typically means that they couldn't confirm either direction, which means, I don't know how the hell we don't have a pylon cam, but yeah. that big old tight end with the rat tail on his back of his head, <laughs> his body was not crossed the line and his <laughs> arm did not look like it was across either. No. I will stand by that for a while. But yeah, I, I, I appreciate that about Matt Hankins the fact that he was still there. Um, we're mm-hmm. not going to see a receiver mm-hmm. like Chris Ottman Bell against Illinois and we're not going to see it against Nebraska. So there's some, mm-hmm. um, some hope there that our, our secondary can get a little bit of that back. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting, but you're right. Ohio state, uh, we do still have an outside chance. Um uh, we now become Minnesota and Nebraska fans. The next two yes. weeks, uh, Nebraska, let's go, Nebraska next week, and uh, <laughs> let's row that boat, PJ. Against, it. Yeah. let's get that W. So. Oh man. Yep. It should be should be an interesting, exciting uh, next couple of weeks. Well, Lashawn, I appreciate you coming on as always. Uh, it's always a blast talking Iowa football. Hopefully, mm-hmm. next week we are talking about an Iowa W versus Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. I want to preemptively let you know and all of our listeners know that my voice will be shot. I will be a little hungover. Uh, I'm going to be in Kinnick next weekend for Iowa, Illinois, and I am so jazzed about it. I am pumped. So uh, next weekend show, uh, Lashawn, I need you to carry my weight even more than you normally do. (laughs) Uh, But as always, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you tuning in. Have a phenomenal Sunday, a great end to your weekend. Have a great week, and as always, let's go Hawks.